Hello, wrenches, and welcome to the Wrench Turners Podcast, 10 Mil Mastery Edition. It's a show where the lads and I get together, uh, fellow technicians of mine. Um, we discuss topics that are relevant to today's mechanics and technicians. I am your host, Mr. Joshua Taylor, founder of Wrench Turners. Uh, the lads and I, we all really appreciate you listening, watching, liking, commenting and subscribing to Wrenchturner's content on Spotify and now on YouTube. Really appreciate that very much. The lads, Marshall Sheldon, Russell Wickham, Richard Mueller, and Stefan DeSantos get together in this series, which we filmed not that long ago, and we discuss important topics relating to technicians. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something very interesting something that's going to come up in leadership's uh, shop floor right now because i talk about training so much this is kind of a twist on it what happens when a technician comes to you as a leader the shop leader the service leader the fixed ops leader and they go i want more technician i want more technician training but i'm planning on leaving let's get into it i want you guys to have a great sunday so Richard, you were uh, locked and ready to go? Yeah, I got a good question for you guys. So uh, recently, give you some quick background on it. Recently had a couple technicians come to me. They weren't happy with the way things were going. They weren't happy with the way. So in that context, they weren't happy with their attitude in the shop. They weren't happy with the workload they were getting. They weren't happy with the hours they were generating. They weren't happy with the culture change in the shop of the new management. So I sat down individually with a few of my technicians and had a decent one-on-one -on -one and got some feedback from them. One of the technicians flat out said he is done with this industry. He, does, he doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And he is rather young, right? He's only 26, 27. But mm -hmm. his goal is to go and be an instructor. Right. He wants to go and teach, teach, being a mechanic. Um, and he has said, you know, he wants to sit down with me and the service manager, get a game plan out on how to get him better experience that will make him a better instructor. Right. And it's like, you know, at the time I was like, yeah, that's great. Like, if that, those are your goals, like, let's go through everything and see see what we can do to, to help get you there. But now, you know, now that it's settling in, it's like I'm basically setting him up to go and find a new job, right? So where my, my problem right now is I don't know where to draw the line in the sand. Like how, how far do I help somebody leave, right? But that's basically it. Like how... How do I turn around and be like, okay, yeah, I want to, I want to help you get your goals, but your goals aren't necessarily in line with where, where I'd like to see you. I, I get where you want to go and I get that you don't want to be in the trade anymore. I understand that. That's a struggle a lot of technicians deal with. Um, but yeah, like that, I'm, that's what I'm really struggling with right now is I really, I don't even have an answer to my own question. Like, I don't know where to draw this line where it's like, okay, enough is enough. Like I've helped you as much as I can. But your end goal is to no longer be in the shop, helping basically helping me. 
So where, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't know where to draw the line at this point, right? I know I want to support him and I want to build him up to the point where he's going to be a great technician and a, and a, and a great instructor. But at the same time, it's like, how much do I invest just to watch it walk out the door? Oh, put me in I think coat. I can answer, I can answer, I'm, I'm not going to answer my answer first, but I'm going to leave you with a little quote before Marshall and Russell and Stefan get in here. There's a, a really famous quote, and I don't know if you know it or not, and, and those that are listening, I don't know if you uh, know it or not, but uh, a COO goes to the CEO of a, a large company and goes, you know, we've got all these people, and they're, they're asking for training, and, you know, the company's down, whatever, and the CEO goes, let's look at them trained. Well, what if they leave? What if we don't train them and they stay? So fundamentally, I, I preach training so much because it's so very important. And it doesn't matter, I think personally, from a, from a completely selfless point of view, if you are training somebody and they do leave, even if you know they are going to leave, that's irrelevant. Yeah. If you're not training them to better themselves, whatever they do with it is none of your business. They're asking for you to better themselves while they're at the shop. It's our duty as leadership to, to give them as much as they can. That, that mantra, um, I think not all of us will necessarily agree based on, on experience. My experience has that. And, and Marshall, I, w I want your feedback because this is, this is because you're doing it with, you're with one-to-ones with Apprentice so much, I think you can speak very highly to Richard on this one. Yeah, I mean, basically, I train everybody in my own image uh, because that's what I know, and I know I know it works. I'm successful at what I do. Um, but that being said, like to your exact situation, I feel like you uh, there's you have an opportunity to really grow him into a possible in-house trainer. Like you don't have to give him up. Maybe maybe you're just looking at it uh, from the wrong perspective. Maybe you can get him lined out to where he's training in your shop and helping you grow your techs. So that's kind of what I'm. That's the first thing that came to my mind was, why can't you just put him in that position? That might be the case, Richard. It he might get a year or two years in with you teaching him what he needs to know in order to teach and find out that you're the teacher that he's emulating. Like he's got to figure it out. Cause obviously he doesn't know. I, I don't, I genuinely don't think this individual actually knows. Um, when they f spend a year, two years with you learning from you and understanding that you are divulging a lot of your experience, a lot of your knowledge so that they can be a better teacher to realize that maybe I don't want to leave the trade. Maybe I want to be a shop foreman like Richard. Like that's a good point, Marshall. That's yeah, a really and good in, point. And, in, and I mean, I ain't dogging on any of the instructors because I got the utmost respect for the guys out there and gals that are teaching at the college level and all of those things, I got utmost respect for them because they don't get the uh, the accolades that we techs on the floor get, the little accolades that we do get. Um, that being said, I feel like they don't get paid. 
Like they don't have the opportunity for 100K plus. That's never going to be that way in our foreseeable future. I don't see it um, that instructors are making 100K. So, you know, I know not everybody's money driven, but he can make 100K on the floor teaching apprentices in the right circumstances. So, you know, if he's still halfway money driven and you can push drive that home, then I feel like you can retain him, have a good trainer in-house, a good uh, mentor technician, and he's still going to make money and pay his bills. And uh, the only way you're going to be a trainer and make 100K is at the OEM. Good point. Stefan, what, where in your thought, because your perspective is similar to mine and Richard's, not necessarily Russell and Marshall from the standpoint, because we're growing up in the dealership world. Yeah. What is, what was, what would be your advice for Richard or what have you experienced? I, I think you have a, a limited opportunity given his option to teach is not going to happen tomorrow. It's not like he has the lined up job or, or a, a secured position. He's essentially looking for that as his out. So you might have a year or two to basically show him the path, basically give him the idea that, hey, if you stick it out, you can actually move up and do really well. Or is this really not for you? I think a lot of us initially think that we run into a problem, we're not happy, and that's it. You bail out because you can go down the street to the next dealership thinking that the same problems don't exist there. Um, very much so. I think it's pretty much a consistency when it comes to shop cultures, etc. There's only so many differences that can exist. Uh, I always tell people, you know, if someone doesn't work out at my shop, perhaps the environment wasn't supportive to his way of working or his way of learning. So I, I would talk to him, you know, if you can give him six months to maybe change his mind or to maybe see the light or for him to experience things that he hasn't experienced yet, um, it could definitely change perhaps what his outlook might be. Um, I, you know, have a great relationship with some of my past instructors at, uh, at Centennial College and, you know, we reach out and talk to each other and to try to see what's up and coming. Hey, Steph, how do I get these kids interested in them? And it's a tough call because my interest came from childhood, right? So, you know, find out that if he really wants to be a tech right now, or does he want to be a tech for the rest of his life? If it's an exit plan already in place, you have a limited window, which you can maybe convince him to stay and benefit the shop, the culture, you obviously needing a, a technician in that regards. But, you know, to what Marshall said, if you can, teach and groom a little bit and then maybe he takes on a little bit more of what you're doing it's a better relationship for everybody and it gives them a taste of what being a teacher actually is because if you don't have the patience for learning at a different pace from what you are or a different interest level it's very difficult to teach people um i don't think i'll ever be successful at it so much so as you're just trying to show them a path and they can choose to walk it, or they can choose to bail out. I wholeheartedly agree with that as well. And, and speaking about Centennial College, I know I've personally worked with a couple that worked at the college, Malepka being one of them. And understanding what I know, because I have the opportunity to know some of those, those individuals who are teaching at the school that we go to here in Ontario for automotive, 
there is as much diversity of experience, training, education, and drive at the instructor level as there is with us on the shop floor. You have the top 10%, you have the bottom 10%, and then you have everybody in, in the middle. And, you know, Garrett and Alepka, I work with them at a Dodge store. The dude is, is a top 10 percenter. He was somehow he somehow was the individual that always looked like he wasn't working, but somehow turned 120 percent. He always had the charisma in the shop that everybody in the shop enjoyed his company. He was, he was the individual where he could glean customers from anywhere, anytime, anyhow. He was able to buy a Viper and somehow, that because he was part of the Viper, he was part of the Viper Club, and, and he had other Vipers come to the shop because he now had one and he was now actively repairing them. That became his shtick, and he was making a lot of money doing it. And then he started working at the college. like was, I think it was like one day a week or two days a week at the time he started doing the, the day release, and now he's there full time. I believe, but that dichotomy between those on the lower end of the scale, I know there's teachers there that are there because they can't turn a wrench anymore, and it's not because they, it's like, ah, I don't really like doing this anymore, it's, they weren't, they were the ones that weren't willing to put in the work to find ways to be more productive or be better technicians, they wanted out because they wanted an easier path, they think teaching is easier, teaching is like service writing, it's not any easier, it's different, it's hard in a different way and I think your opportunity Richard there is is to Im instill in them how hard teaching is and not necessarily detract from their decision or desire to teach but to make them understand that it's hard in a different way and it's not the easy way out if you think you're gonna make 100 grand or 150 grand a year teaching you're not it's not actually an easier job it's hard in a different way and I think Russell your perspective I value your perspective on this because you've got – I think you had said previously that, you know, you're just now getting your kind of your first apprentice, so to speak, that you got, you're getting to teach? Well, I've actually had two, and that's going to segue into my question. But anyway, um, to Richard's question, I think this is a good teaching moment for this young person. There's three things you don't talk about. Sex life money and your next move he needs to learn that real quick because what he has done is he has shot himself in both feet with you because now you're thinking crud i put all this time and all this effort into this guy to build him into a good tech and now he's going to leave on me why waste my time so you know i had to learn that early on i need to keep my mouth shut about what i was planning on doing for my next move because um i was all set up to earn my world-class tech in 2016 but because i ran my mouth to another technician in the shop the other technician went and told the service manager i ended up having to wait a year and go through a whole bunch of rigmarole to be able to get that because, you know, I'd been discussing frustrations with the industry um, and frustrations with this particular shop, and he wasn't going to invest anything else in me because I had talked about leaving. So, um, lesson for the young guy, you need to you need to keep your mouth shut about what your next move's going to be. Um, now, I understand wanting to talk about, you know, things and, and you know, when you're, you're not sure what you want to do, you need a mentor that, to discuss these things with. 
Um, but that's often where forums or uh, other options come up that um, you can find people um, or find a senior technician that's not in a leadership role that you can trust, possibly know somebody from another store to talk these things through rather than go to your leadership and say, hey, train me up so I can leave you. That's a very uh, – I love how it uh, – you've gotten so good at this, it's amazing. You're taking effectively what is something negative, Russell, and turn it into a positive. Because in reality, as much as we want our young people to talk to us, and especially from a leadership standpoint, we want our technicians to talk to us, there is a level of professionalism and personal privacy that needs to enter the shop as a technician. You need to, you need to understand who you can and who you can't trust. You need to understand who you need to and need not to talk to about certain things. And we talked about this on SDL a little bit this morning. Trust is, is a two-way street. If you, don't, if you can't bet and win every time you trust someone, you need to not share those three pieces of information with them. right? Your, your next move, your money, and your sex life, those are not things you discuss with somebody just flagrantly in the shop, especially with leadership especially if you haven't built enough time, energy, and effort with them. Obviously, this individual hasn't with Richard, because in this circumstance, Richard should not be questioning what they're doing next. It should already be a, an understanding of, you know, this person hasn't reached out to say, hey, I want to learn... I want to learn better or learn more about leadership or I want to learn more about how to do these things, not specifically about making a move to the next shop or the next move, whatever. That's that's an awesome question, Richard, and I know you're going to take that back and you're going to chew on it. And I think <laughs> you and I are – I think realistically speaking, we're going to chew – all five of us are going to chew on it. That's what the chat's for. So that's a great question, Richard. Great question, and well, I hope something there is of value to you. You know, don't let the negativity, Richard, take it over. I mean, he trusted you with that information. He he gave you his next move, whether he intended to or not. But say he trusted you, you're a trusted mentor in his eyes, and he leaned into you with that personal, private information with his next move. So this tech may go on and decide later in a year or two that it wasn't a good move and come back home, don't destroy it right now. No, I'm, you know? that's, that, that's, I'm not planning on destroying it or anything like that. It's just, it's a very it's, it's awkward predicament to be in, right? Like yeah. Yeah. somebody comes to you and says, hey, you know, I want a ton of training, but, and, the, and you're like, okay, great, let's get you signed up. And then they're like, oh, by the way, I'm leaving. And it's like, that that's just the it's just a weird dichotomy that I'm in. Like I want him to succeed. I want him to be great. I'm not going to turn around and and tell my guys like, no, you're not getting any training because that doesn't benefit. Like I'll, I'll be selfish, honestly, it doesn't benefit me in any case, right? If somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want training, I'm not I'm never going to say no, because that's how everybody grows, right? Like they're not going to grow unless they go and sit down in the classroom and, and pick brains of the instructors and everything like that. I'm never going to say no to that, but it's just a weird, it's a, it's a weird dichotomy. Like it's a, it's a difficult situation to be in because on one hand I have my upper management going, well, he's going to leave. 
you know, he's already told you he's going to leave. And it's like, yeah, but that's what his plan is, right? Everybody's plan. You never know what everybody's plan is. But he's been forthcoming to me and told me what he wants. And it's like, okay, well, you know, like this, this here helps me op- option my perspective, right? It doesn't make, you know, I'm now, I'm not, I'm not pigeonholing myself into like, nope, you're done. We're not going to train you anymore. You're done. You want, you said you want to leave. That's it. Okay, fine. Turn your wrench, be miserable. And, and if you quit, that's beneficial for me because then I don't have to pay you separate. So it's, uh, I think that leads into the other aspect of things, and I think that the, the karma, as it were, and, and I've shared this before, and I, and I have a feeling that all four of you have the same rough experience. That first mentor, that first, in, in reality, I think it's the first shop foreman, to be completely honest. But the first shop foreman and the first leader that truly takes, takes care of you, who looks at the betterment of you as a human, not just as a, someone who produces for you, Someone who looks at all aspects of your life, who who listens, who's compassionate, who who knows those three the question knows the answers to those three questions, Russell, who can say, hey, these are things like pulling him aside and say, I trust you, and you've trusted me with this information, but going forward, you need to be more careful with what you share with your leadership. Yeah. Right. Taking that account, it's like. I appreciate you sharing that with me and I'm going to do everything I possibly can to help you and then do so. I think that that would be what I would do, but going forward, it's like you need to be better with what you share, right? Because not everybody's going to take this information and do right by you. They're going to do right by themselves, right? Statistically speaking, not everybody is, is that person. And then you can become that person where let's say two years from now, they do leave. And maybe it's to another store because, you know, they move, you know, they get, they get a girlfriend or, or a boyfriend and they move cities, they move states, they move provinces, whatever. And then, you know, a couple of years on, they're still on the bench for a little bit, but then they do get that cheating job. So four or five years goes on. And now they're looking back five years on and, and they're looking at, and they're, you know, they walk into school on the first day and, you know, they're teaching on that first day. And they look back, like Robert Stage kind of had this moment before, it's like, look at me now if my teachers could could you know my teachers could look at me now and they and he's going to look back richard mueller was the guy that got me here this was the individual this was the tech in the shop this was my shop foreman that did all of these things for me so that i could be better so that i could now do something that i've always wanted to do or i've, I've spent the last five six years leading up to and now you can look back and say hey there's now students from Richard's store in my classroom that I get to teach. And he's going to say, this is the guy you need to talk to. You need to trust this shop foreman. You need to talk who's probably now a, a service leader it's of your some legacy. description or a fixed. That's your legacy. So I look at that's a pot. That's a potential, not necessarily with this individual, but that's a potential. And looking at it from that perspective, that is, that is how we curry favor coming in. Because I look at it from a parent's perspective, do I want my son, who's nine, in nine years, do I ever want him to say I'm going to be a mechanic? Truly and actually mean it. Not, not the nine-year-old self, like, I want to be like daddy, I want to be a mechanic. That fades by 18. By 18, is it, my dad's a mechanic, he turns wrenches on, on big iron, he, comes, he, he works 12 hours a day, comes home sweaty, grimy, greasy, and I'm proud that he does that. Or am I going to have, in, in nine years, am I going to have my 18-year-old son say, 
I don't want to be a mechanic. That, that trade's awful. Look at what's done to my family. Look what's done to my dad. I want it to be the former. And I think by saying no and not giving him and drawing a line in the sand that says, no, I can't help you and, and what have you, that's where the bad leadership comes into play. Oh, no! That's the end of another episode, wrenches. But that's okay. There'll be another one coming next week. We appreciate you very much for stopping by. And gentlemen, that was an absolute banger of an episode. Watching it back, doing the edits, it was just... Yes! So, ladies and gentlemen, do not forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to the Wrench Terrors podcast on your streaming service of choice so that you don't miss the next one when it drops every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday every week. Thank you very much again for listening. And remember, negative pushes, positive pulls, and always clean your toys before you put them away. Thank you.